world you lived in. The space you breathed in. And the freedom you played in. Was suddenly taken away. Imagine if the only person who knew how you felt was Connor Stallions. Who felt it too. You really like him, huh? Yeah. Gotcha. In a world where beauty is held captive. Miss your family. It takes a special friend. Willie doesn't have a problem with me. Ah! Yeah! We appreciate each other. Looks like Jimmy's got himself a soulmate. To set you free. That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You are qualified, MLB. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now? Hey, kids, it's your old pal, ML Elric, coming to you live from the Soul of Detroit on tape which is a little confusing, but we'll explain a little bit later in the show why we are no longer doing our live broadcast. We hope to bring that back a little later on this year when we introduce a Patreon opportunity for our loyal and hopefully deep-pocketed listeners. But we're talking about deep pockets this week because we're talking about financial disclosure and state lawmakers who are supposed to tell us more about where they get their dough because voters told them they have to and so lawmakers have decided to tell us essentially the bare minimum about that. And this has been a, a topic that's been debated in Lansing for months. I opined on it for a second time in a row last Sunday that set off some controversy on social media. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute with Phil Skaggs, state rep, Democrat from Western Michigan, who was a leader in trying to make our financial disclosure laws everything that we deserve. And joining us in this conversation is producer and co-host Mark Fellhauer. Um, Carbuncle and co-host Sean Windsor will be joining us later <laughs> from an undisclosed location, which, uh, you know, if it didn't have a phone line, it'd be the perfect spot for him to participate in our show. But uh, unfortunately, technology makes us all very reachable. So, uh, Mark, we you very happy with what you saw on Saturday in Happy Valley? Well, why wouldn't I be? Yeah. I mean, the whole world's against us. Yeah, but if your team was really that good, they would have won by 50 to oh, nothing. That's, no, if we had Connor Stallions, what, it would have been, what, 45 to 15, according to James Franklin, because Connor Stallions adds 21 points. If there was any coach whose signs I wouldn't steal, it would be James Franklin's. I, well, my favorite tweet, I got it, because Twitter, when Twitter, well, X, formerly known as Twitter, when Twitter's good is when it's funny, right, and not terribly mean, and there were some mean ones going at James Franklin, but the, the one that made me laugh is, if the Big Ten really wanted to penalize Michigan, they would have suspended James Franklin for that game. Yeah. Because he was so bad. He was just a bad in-game coach. This is another one of the sins of uh, Matt Ishbia and Andre St. Rich Guy, whatever his last name is, and, and Mel Tucker, is when Mel Tucker became rich beyond his wildest dreams and and uh, and just desserts, James Franklin had his his uh, his salary boosted uh, tremendously, and so did Jimbo Fisher, one of the other Jimbos who was in trouble this week, who we'll be talking about later on in the show. But but before we before we get to that, we want to tell you this this show is brought to you by our sole sponsor, other than 
our generous listeners. And that's Luke Nowacki of Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. If you are planning for your future, if you want to have a retirement that is uh, comfortable, you need financial help. And when you're looking for that help, we recommend Luke and Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. We'll tell you a little later on how you can avail yourself of his services. But before we get to that, let's talk to Phil Skaggs. Because when you talk about Twitter and when Twitter is funny, I have to say that neither one of us were laughing at uh, our tweets or our, what do we call them, X's? I don't know. Posts? Yeah. I don't, you know, the thing is, if you, if you laugh at your X's, they, they tend to spray paint your car. So mm-hmm. different X's. But I wrote a column that basically said that Michigan lawmakers were running out of time to improve this financial disclosure law. This is a law that 48 other states have, and it requires lawmakers to tell you where they get their money, who they owe money to, what their assets are. This is very common. Members of Congress have to do it. Supreme Court justices, U.S. Supreme Court justices have to do it. But Michigan lawmakers, our governor, secretary of state, lieutenant governor, and attorney general, don't. And this is important because not too long ago, there was a state senator, a leader in the state senator named Mike Kowal, whose wife was a lobbyist and had a contract that called for her to get thousands of shares in a medical marijuana company if legislation passed the Senate. She didn't disclose it. Mike Kowal didn't disclose it. And you know what? That was okay because they weren't required to. But Mike Kowal was involved in seeing bills move forward in the Senate. Mike Kowal was a leader in the majority party in our legislature. And Mike Kowal and his family stood to benefit significantly if this legislation passed. But we had no idea about this until some reporters at the Free Press and then myself at Fox 2 dug some of this up. It's very important information people deserve when we try and determine whether our public servants are serving us or serving themselves. Now, Phil Skaggs is a first-term representative, and to my, I'm not going to say to my chagrin, but to my embarrassment, has been a leader in trying to put real teeth into this financial disclosure law. Voters, two-thirds of voters in 2022, told the legislature, you have until the end of the year to tell us where you get your money in the future. What I mean is it won't take effect until the future, but they're on the clock to get this done. And the this end has of, been the end of the year this year. The end of the year this year, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And this has been kicked around. Well, uh, I think it was Wednesday of last week. Phil and some other members of the legislature, who are either proud Wolverines or just have no taste in college football, put out a letter to the Big Ten saying, "Hands off, Jim Harbaugh." And I wrote a column on Sunday that said, "Hey, you know, we had some time left to try and improve this legislation." But 11 lawmakers instead were focused on trying to free Jimmy. And I said, this was, this was not a good use of their time. And I still believe that that's true. I still believe there's some grandstanding involved. I still believe there's some playing to their constituencies. But this is politics and that happens. But Phil and a couple other people who signed that letter have been leaders in the move to try and get better legislation and fought the leadership in the legislature to get something in there. And so they made their displeasure known to me on X. And I have to tell you that uh, to those people who fought hard, they got painted with too broad a brush. And for that, I am sorry. And so representative, I, I want to apologize to you and I'm here to take my punishment. (laughs) Well, thanks. I appreciate that. I certainly appreciate the call yesterday. It's nice to be on the show uh, and to have this opportunity to talk about 
Now, both of these issues, which uh, you know, are certainly not uh, alike in uh, in their importance, but uh, but also uh, I think are 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 both worth discussing and uh, and debating about uh, what's best for the state of Michigan. So talk to us a little bit about this effort to improve the disclosure law. Basically what passed was the bare minimum, that we get to know where lawmakers get their money, where their assets are. There was a little bit of an upgrade by requiring spouses to tell us who they're employed by, where they work, and whether or not they have state contracts or work for a state contractor. But there's some other things that you and people like me who believe in open government would like to add. What were those things you'd like to add, and what happened when you tried to add them? Well, I think the the problems with the legislation that ended up narrowly passing the House uh, are really threefold, uh, and that differs both from bills that that I introduced along with uh, several of my colleagues. There were twelve bills there, which I think were substantially better than the bills that we ended up voting on. Uh, and then when we knew that it was only going to be the sort of bare minimum, watered down um, loophole bills, we tried to to fix those bills with a series of amendments on the floor. Um, so the three problems with the bills as uh, that were voted out uh, were that they included two loopholes. The first loophole, as you mentioned, was a spousal loophole. Um, and although there was some effort put in to have spouses disclose their employer. The big loophole that existed was that spouses, if they owned a business that didn't have a contract with the state, that they could simply write self-employed on the form. So if a spouse ha owns a business, they would not have to disclose that. Um, in addition, if the spouse has any kind of financial interests, stocks, loans, debts, um, et cetera, uh, in a certain business, those assets would also not need to be disclosed. So what this allows in the state of Michigan, which is a joint financial asset state, that is that both spouses have a 50% share of all assets, unless a specific legal uh, contract is made that, that cordons off one of those. Um, but, you know, this is well known in, in divorce law that, uh, that there's a split of 50-50% there. So what will happen with this loophole is that all candidates and elected officials will simply transfer any assets that they have and would want to um, let's be frank here, would want to hide from constituents, and they will hide that by transferring it to their spouse. And then the spouse doesn't have to disclose, so the asset is now hidden from the public. Um, so that was the, the really, the, the biggest one in my mind was the, was the massive spousal loophole, which had a bare minimum of spousal reporting, which kind of allows the proponents to say we have some spousal reporting, but without really making it particularly meaningful. So it's um, a sh you can play a shell game, right? You can basically say, I have these debts, I have these assets that may influence me, but actually I don't. My, my spouse has them, and since my spouse isn't required to reveal them, you don't know, and you don't know what may be prompting me to act in the way that I'm acting. 
Exactly. And so what I think this will mean on the form is that anyone who is uh, an elected official that's covered by uh, this law, should the governor sign it, um, and uh, any candidate who would be covered under this law will simply transfer assets over to the spouse kind of as a um, as a hedge against what we might vote on. Like we never know what we might vote on. If, if some legislator say, you know, Jane Doe had $100,000 worth of Ford stock, um, she would be very wise as a candidate to transfer that over to, um, to her spouse just in case there was uh, some legislation that, uh, that we were voting on or some appropriations that we were voting on um, to give subsidies for, say, a battery plant somewhere in Michigan. So everyone is simply going to automatically, whether they feel themselves as corrupt um, but just want to keep that out of the public eye, I think most people will go ahead and transfer that over to the, their spouse. And, and it really would be uh, a kind of a, a shell game. Um, the second big hole is the gift hole, uh, loophole. Right now, the way that this, these bills are written, uh, even though voters were, said, voters were told on the ballot that this would demand that, uh, that elected officials, politicians, uh, had to dis- uh, expose, uh, had to disclose their gifts. The problem is that this was tied to the Lobbying Act. In the Lobbying Act, we're not allowed to, gifts are defined as tangible items. So not food, not drink, um, not travel. So we are allowed to accept items below $72, but don't have to report those. And we can't accept items above $72. So under this sort of clever legal definition that's in these bills, everyone who fills out this disclosure form and is asked, did you get any gifts from any lobbyists? And everyone will answer, no, I did not. Because they don't have to disclose below 72 and above 72 would be illegal. And I doubt that people are going to disclose their illegal activity. Um, In addition, the gift loophole also means that under this legislation, you can accept gifts from anyone who is not a registered Michigan lobbyist and not have to disclose those gifts. So we could see travel to exotic places um, for conferences, uh, and there were air quotes there. I know that we're not <laughs> we're not uh, on video. Um, it's not a very visual podcast. Um, the they would be able to accept those gifts from non lobbyists. Um, and not have to disclose them. So that was a big loophole. And then the uh, the other problem with these bills was a kind of lack of of serious punishment um, for people that didn't disclose their um, didn't fill out the the disclosure form, which will be coming. So a candidate could simply not fill out the form, um, eat the the penalty of uh, just a couple thousand dollars, and uh, wait until they won or lost to uh, to be forced to fill out the form. You wouldn't be able to become a, you wouldn't be able to be sworn into office if you haven't filled out the form. But you could get all the way through a campaign and hide it from the voters. Um, now, obviously, you and the media. Uh, political opponents will certainly bring that up to the public, or at least have the opportunity to do so, um, to spread some light on this effort to to circumvent the law. Um, but stricter uh, stricter fines, I think, 
you know, would it be in an order to fix these bills? So uh, we tried to fix these bills through amendments that that did just what I spoke about, um, but those amendments were were not allowed to come up for a vote. Wow. So so folks, let me break this down for you. The law that you wanted that's supposed to help us figure out what some of the motivations are for our state lawmakers allows people to hide assets in their spouse's name so you don't know about them, allows them to continue to take gifts because they mainly take meals and trips from lobbyists, and so we've done nothing to change that. And by the way, any meal under $75, lobbyists don't have to report. And gifts, you know, I think we're all thinking, well, I don't want to list my Christmas uh, stuff. No, that, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about... If Ford has a lobbyist and they want you to go on a trip to, I don't know, some exotic place Turks to find out sure, about how battery plants work, and their lobbyists don't pay for it, they don't have to disclose it, but if the CEO decides to send you on the company jet, it's okay because they're not a registered lobbyist. So that's a pretty big loophole. Is there any wonder why people don't like uh, government officials? Because you pass a law like this or, you know, voted on it and then this is what we get. Which, you know, ML, you said 48 other states have disclosure laws. Do they have, um, uh, Representative Skaggs, do they have these kind of loopholes in their laws? Do you know the other states? Or do they all have to say spousal income and the gifts from like political nonprofits and whatnot? Uh, you know, I've worked on this legislation really for uh, over six years because the legislation that my colleagues and I introduced was based on legislation that was been that was introduced by Representative David Legrand for the last uh, three per- previous terms. Um, so over the last six years, there were some really good um, financial disclosure bills that were introduced that had widespread support within. Um, within the Democratic uh, caucus and uh, legislators and also had um, some Republican support too, but was bottled up largely by leadership, especially um, you know former Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirky. Um, so this is something that I've been working on for years and was working on this particular implementation of Proposal 1 that's now in the Constitution um, for the last six months. So... Um, so I'm pretty uh, familiar with what the federal government does and what state governments do. Um, 43 out of the 48 states uh, have spousal reporting. Um, 35 out of the 48 states have spousal reporting at the exact same requirements as the filer, that is, as the, the politician. Um, none of these bills, both the stronger bills that, that I supported um, and the, the weaker bills that passed um, the House and Senate, um, none of those would have put us into that 35-state range. Hmm. They would have all put us into a range where spousal reporting was lesser than filer reporting. I'm perfectly comfortable with that. I mean, we certainly heard from uh, colleagues that you know, my spouse didn't sign up for this. So, um, you know, I haven't had this very close conversation uh, with loved ones to decide whether or not I wanted to run for office. That's why in the, in the bills that we introduced, there was a, there was a, I wouldn't call it a grandfathering proposal, but there was the, we, we weren't going to require spousal reporting until the next election sure. um, to give people the opportunity to go through this. But yes, other states and the federal government 
have far stricter uh, requirements than we do because look, this spousal loophole is something that everyone you now understands, and um, that's why you know I was willing to to fight really hard um, to try to put forward the the best the best legislation possible because this wasn't legislation that we were coming up with out of the goodness of our hearts. Yeah. This is legislation that we were forced to do by 67% of Michiganders. It's pretty hard to get 67% of Michiganders to agree on anything, anything. <laughs> but they, they all agreed that uh, we needed to disclose our assets and disclose gifts and I don't believe that we that we lived up to that um, to the spirit of the law. At least I think we'll see whether or not we lived up to the letter of the law, uh, because I would anticipate that there'll be lawsuits that state that we did not um, that we did not fully implement the constitutional requirements. So, so if lawmakers had not passed something, something very close to what they did pass, the proposal that voters approved said anyone in the state of Michigan could sue the state could go to court and say you guys have have failed to uh to live up to the mandate we issued and in a column that i think representative skaggs might like a little better that was from two weeks ago i noted that 31 states require candidates or spouses to provide detailed financial information some require family members to disclose detailed financial information some require minor and dependent children to have their financial information put out because, you know, all of a sudden your six-year-old kid owns an island. You know, oh, wow, he must have really done pretty well with that paper route. Oh, wait a minute, nobody buys newspapers anymore. Uh, it's They're only slightly less successful in podcasts. And then others require you to have anybody in your household provide detailed financial information. And uh, <laughs> South Dakota requires officials to disclose any enterprise that contributes over 10% or $2,000 to gross family income. So I guess, you know, if, uh, if uh, granny is selling her knitting out of the back of your wigwam and she makes more than two grand in South Dakota, you better tell that to the people. And here's who else does better than Michigan, Puerto Rico, the Virgin Island and Guam. So places that aren't even states are requiring their elected officials to tell you, the people, more about how the people who govern you may be influenced. So that's a that's a pretty serious deal. Now, it's not as important as trying to get Jim Harbaugh off the hook, which is why I took some uh, took some umbrage with the lawmakers working in the final hours of the legislature to try and spring Harbaugh. Uh, and representative, some people have said, hey, you know what? We weren't going to be able to change the course of history on Wednesday before we adjourn anyway. So tell people a little bit about that. I mean, why weren't you and some of your colleagues, and there were there were two other people in the House, uh, Kerry Reingans and Jason Morgan, who also fought really hard with you to try and get this better legislation out there, who also signed the letter to free Jim Harbaugh, who are also pretty pissed at me. Uh, why is it unfair for me to say that right up until the final gavel falls, you guys should have been fighting tooth and nail to try and give people the legislation they deserve? Well, I don't know that it's unfair for you to make that argument. I mean, you can go ahead and make that argument. Well, Phil, it's my, been great having my, you on the my, show. My. We're going to end it there. Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry, well, didn't mean to interrupt. Isn't the last week of session like the last day before Christmas vacation at school? I mean, does any real work get done? 
we have gone uh, or will officially go um, tomorrow on what's called sine die, which is bad Latin pronunciation for sine die, which means that we have had the last session already. So uh, when this legislation was passed, um, that was essentially the last opportunity to, to do this unless the governor wants to veto this legislation and call us back into a special or, or an extraordinary yeah. session. Um, but for okay. now, we are in an in-district work period uh, and won't be having session on this. But um, some, sometimes, I, I, Representative, I just want to jump in here, and I'm going to let you finish, as, as Kanye once said famously. Um, th sometimes the last days of the session are the most productive because it's the last chance to get stuff done. This is, you know, when we have lame duck and things like that, there are things that haven't even had hearings that get passed because somebody's trying to jam it through either under the dark of night, like the funding for the queue line that no one really had a chance to debate. So the last days can be incredibly productive, but in this case, um, and I don't want to anticipate your answer, but they'd already, they'd already closed the books on financial disclosure. They, they told you guys we're done. Don't bother. Is that, is that right? Or am I going too far again? No, I think there was a hope down to the the vote itself um, and uh, on, on the day that the legislation passed that there were still opportunities to um, to vote on our amendments, uh, improve the legislation and pass it overwhelmingly in the House, send it back to the Senate where I believe they would have they would have accepted our amendments and then sent it on to the governor. So we had hope all along. Um, yes, I wrote the, the, the letter. I wouldn't say that the letter was free Jim Harbaugh. Um, I think the letter simply asks that, uh, that one of our public universities gets due process from an organization that it belongs to. And, um, and I feel perfectly within my, my rights and abilities as a, as a legislator to, to defend our public institutions. Um, am I, uh, uh, alumnus of the university of Michigan? Yes, I am. Um, did my daughter go to the University of Michigan? Yes, she did. Uh, am I a fan and a season ticket holder? Yes, I am. Um, Look at all that I'm disclosure. What, what great disclosure that was. <laughs> yes, that was full disclosure. Um, yes, but does your spouse cheer for Michigan? Um, the, the, um, and, and I'm a proud alumnus. Um, now, I also am a legislator and feel that uh, what the Big Ten um, – was looking like they were going to do and has since done um was you know unfair and biased and has a harmful effect on a public institution so i think it's exactly something that legislators should be engaged in now this was not a long letter i think it was a page um so took me uh i think less than an hour to to write it was based predominantly on president santa ono's letter um, and, uh, then I sent out some texts to, to legislators who were mostly, um, those that, that represented Washtenaw, uh, and then other ones with a, a quick affiliation with, with the university of Michigan, um, predominantly because I wanted to get this letter in the public record before the big 10 made a decision. So didn't really pass this by any other legislators other than those that signed, um, now, I can also walk and chew gum at the same time. So this was not, uh, I don't think this took time away. Like I said, I've been working on this for six months. There were many legislators that were making phone calls. 
Um, I had some people that basically told me, Phil, stop making phone calls to me. I already talked to uh, A, B, and C. Um, I know all of the arguments. Um, this is where I stand. Uh, and so we were making calls for the last month, for the last days, for the last hours before the legislation. Um, I worked extraordinarily hard on this, um, on financial disclosure and trying to get something that we could be proud of and something that truly implemented the spirit of proposal one. Um, but I'm, I'm capable of doing multiple things at the same time, mostly because I don't have any hobbies other than, uh, other than Michigan football. Um, so I usually put in a, uh, about a 90 hour a week, um, uh, work day, uh, work week. And, uh, so took a, took a brief break on a Sunday morning when I wouldn't normally call people anyway and, uh, and wrote the letter. So I think, um, uh, I think part of the issue is, I mean, with politics, everything is perception, right? And that's kind of what ML's column, I think was, you know, here they're working on this and they should be working on that. And I kind of want to go, go back to the, the disclosure stuff because the big perception problem is, is the governor right now. Um, cause I believe when she was a state Senator, she was all for, you know, spousal uh, requirement. And, um, and then I think later she was going to open up her office to freedom of information acts, which has been an, another issue in the state. And now she, you know, wanted the bill that had these loopholes in there. Um, I guess what I, what I want to know is how did this break down politically? Cause everything's political. Was this bipartisan? Did you, was there pushback from both sides? Uh, you're a Democrat. Um, did, did you have Republicans with you? Oh yeah. In fact, the, the majority of people that voted against, uh, against the watered down, uh, bills that passed the, the majority were, were Republicans. Um, so this was a this was a bipartisan effort. Um, it was also bipartisan in, in support of of passing the bills. It passed very narrowly. I think the final vote had fifty nine yes votes. You need fifty six in order to to become a law. Although some of those votes um, switched over um, once that fifty six threshold was reached, then there were a few people who <laughs> had some serious fears. I mean, the problem is is that people. As you say, you have to think when you are making decisions, is this the best policy and is this the best politics for both my party and my colleagues in my Democratic caucus or Republican caucus for Republicans? And is it the best um, is it the best vote for for my own political future? And that's what all legislators take into to account. Um, they have to think about the big picture and, uh, that, you know, the, I think the there problem, were a lot of people though. who were fearful of, uh, being attacked in future campaigns for having voted against legislation that could be, um, argued as transparency legislation. So blank legislator voted against personal financial disclosure, then you have to come out and start explaining yourself and saying, yes, I voted no, because I thought that if the weakened bills were defeated, that then there would finally be uh, a negotiated uh, settlements that would uh, improve the bills substantial enough to win my vote. That's a convoluted argument. I think I, I voted no, because I believe I can make that argument to my constituents. Um, but other people had different calculus that 
I don't want to be on record voting against this, even though the the stakeholders, common cause voters, not politicians were, uh, and the Secretary of State herself, uh, Jocelyn Benson, were all encouraging us to, to implement the kind of financial disclosure for spouses and gifts that were in our amendments and that were in the the better tougher bills that were that were also introduced um so the politics was of this was um was very difficult um and i certainly wish that i had been able to uh convince just a, a few more colleagues um to take that risk uh and try to make this a, a better law in the end yeah, you run the risk of sounding like John Kerry, where you say, "I voted, I was for it before I was against it." And people are like, "What are you saying? You sound flip like a flip flopper, <laughs> right?" And, and so, you know, I, I, I continued to believe that there were better uses of time in the waning days of the legislature. Certainly, perhaps introducing some uh, legislation to submit or subject the lawmakers to FOIA, which may yet happen, although. We may find that only when voters put this tip of the spear to lawmakers' spine do we get some of this legislation we deserve. But just to just to clear the record on that, ML, those bills were introduced on Thursday. Yeah, in the Senate, um, and I was aware that those bills were were going to be introduced. That's something where um, Senator Jeremy Moss has taken the lead on, and um, I think all of us were aware that those bills were were coming down the pike, and so. If you're suggesting that I should have stolen his bills and introduced them on the House side, um, that's not really way, the way that the legislature works. I've worked very closely with, with Senator Moss, both on financial disclosure, where we ended up making um, different, different decisions, but, but he was part of the, the legislative work group that, that put together um, and recommended uh, the bills that that I and my colleagues introduced um, that had 22 sponsors uh, and co-sponsors, um, but um, but I I think it would be it, it would not make sense to say that we should have put in these FOIA laws. I'm supportive of the FOIA laws. I will be supportive of the FOIA laws. Uh, I knew that they were coming in the Senate, and I I support Senator Moss's efforts on. Um, making sure that all of us in the legislature and in the executive uh, are subject to the Freedom of Information Act. Um, because, look, I'm a firm believer that if we let the sunshine in, um, and this just takes us back to the big picture. I know we've gotten a lot into parliamentary maneuvers, but um, if we let the sunshine in, I think that we can do a much better job of trying to convince voters that we are here to represent their interests and that the actions that we are taking are in the best interests of Michigan, because we're at a crisis in this country, a serious crisis, whereas Mark mentioned, um, people should have a healthy distrust uh, of the powers that be, um, but they shouldn't have an unhealthy distrust in the powers that be. Skepticism. But by cynicism. hiding things from them, we are mm -hmm. encouraging this unhealthy distrust at a time when, unfortunately, um, because of the former president encouraging people to believe that the last election was stolen from them, that we're in a very dangerous situation in uh, American politics that we haven't seen since, um, since before the Civil War, uh, where the very sort of future of the country as we know it 
um, is at stake. And I think we have to do our best to, to, to reinvigorate public confidence in our democratic republic and our representative government system uh, in order to survive this crisis. And that's really why I felt um, strongly about sticking to uh, my beliefs on the real importance of genuine personal financial disclosure. It's because, it, look, my, my training, I'm a historian, um, a historian of modern Europe, uh, Russia specifically, but all of Europe. Um, I've known what happens in the, in the 1920s in Europe um, and in the 1930s in Europe. Uh, and we slid away from uh, democratic forms of government to uh, to authoritarian forms of government, some of which were were fascist forms of government. And I have some serious worries that we could see something like that happen, even in America, where we think that we have been immune to that kind of um, demagogic figure um, who might lead to the kind of, I don't know, Putinization of America, where it looks like we have multiple political parties, but we really have um, an authoritarian system. And I'm, I'm worried about that. We had a president who um, did make an attempt to, to stay in office despite losing an election. And when you do that, that's called a dictatorship. And so um, those are the, the, the big picture reasons for the reason that I did these things. And I think that that's why all Michiganders and all Americans ought to be pushing constantly for the kind of reforms that um, that that I've advocated for, that, that you've advocated for, ML. I really liked your article. Um, I thought that you were wrong-headed uh -oh. on who you were attacking. I thought you were going after the wrong people. Um, but in general, you, you, you hit it on the head about spousal loopholes and gift loopholes and insufficient penalties. And that was exactly correct. Um, and I appreciate uh, your support for, for Freedom of Information Act. I think there's all sorts of good government reforms that we need to do because um, we need to um, we need to lift up our better angels at this key moment in, in American history. Um, to the point of fascism and dictatorship, did you ever get a response from dear leader Tony Petiti? I knew you were going to take it back to the NCAA <laughs> and the Big from Ten. The I knew it. Well, what are you talking about? I mean, he's he's basically just doing making up rules as he goes, um, <laughs> violating his own bylaws. Uh, is it uh, is it Tony Petuni Putini? <laughs> what is it? How is it? Uh, Petini uh, Lini? I don't know. Mussolini. I don't know what it is. Musa Petini. <sighs> Look, we, um, as we stated in, in the, I mean, obviously, uh, did he respond? He, uh, did he ever respond to the letter? He did, he did not respond oh. to the letter. Um, I'm going to write a call letter, about in him. In the then. letter, we suggested that if he, that if he did go ahead and take this unprecedented action under a really odd and I think indefensible use of the sportsmanship clause, um, that's usually used for like attacking referees at the end of the yeah. game or, um, Bad words or and a press racial expletives, yeah, right, yeah. right. They, this is what it's used for, but to use it for some major programmatic um, uh, punishment, uh, I think is unprecedented. And so uh, in that letter, we said that we would vigorously support the, the university um, against this um, violation of due process, and, and I will continue to, to do so. Um, I think if anything, what the letter did hopefully is 
encourage President Ono um, and uh, the regents of the University of Michigan to, um, to I think, do the right thing, which is to defend our institution. And like this is, we, we can make this about one individual if we want. He's the head coach of the, of the football team. Um, but in my mind, this is, this is about what is in the interests of, you know, um, one of our, our leading institutions in this state um, that we should all be proud of. Like, look, I'm on the, the appropriations committee in the House of Representatives. I'm on the higher education subcommittee. Um, I love all of our universities. Um, and uh, I think it's important that we defend them. In this case, we're, we're defending the University of Michigan football team, but that is because it is, uh, you know, for better or worse, a, a major part of, of the university and a major part of the ability to, um, to use the funds that are generated from college football uh, to support uh, other student athletes in non-revenue sports. So um, I have daughters that, uh, that swam. I had a daughter who um, played club sports for, uh, for the University of Michigan. I mean, one of my proudest moments was her scoring a water polo goal against <laughs> Ohio State University wearing a winged uh, uh, swim cap. Um, and uh, I, so I think it's important to, to defense, defend our public universities uh, and, our, and our state institutions, and I'll continue to do so proudly. Yes, I as a fellow Michigander, I appreciate your defense of no consequences for improper action. But uh, that's another show. Um, I mean, that's not that's not what I know. I know. There we go. We're, we're going to keep him off. here all day here. So uh, I think we can decide that these were. This is probably a level two or level three violation of NCAA rules. If it is a violation at all, I think we ought to have investigations. I think Michigan perhaps jaywalked uh and if we did jaywalk um we should we should get punished for jaywalking uh we shouldn't get punished for manslaughter before an investigation and a trial i think well everyone I, I, look I, I know that that people love sports i love sports ball too it's great uh distraction from uh really the stresses is. of of everyday life um, but I think that all Americans should strive to defend due process and justice. I mean, we put it in our constitution, uh, and I think that we mean it not just for people like me who are legislators and who are in government, um, but also for institutions like the NCAA and the Big Ten. Well, if it wasn't for sign stealing, I'm sure it would have been 42 to seven in East Lansing. So I'm, I mean, I like to refer to it as sign decoding because like no one's stealing anything. Mm -hmm. Um, these are, these are, these are signs that are put out in public. Um, they know that people are trying to, to decode these signs. That's why they code them in the first place. Um, easily solved like the NFL does. Um, we changed a few rules on huddling. Uh, we put um, we put microphones and uh, audio devices in the helmets of a couple of the players, uh, and we send in the plays that way. And then problem solved. Let's play some football and have some fun. They they, uh, they NCAA looked at that and said, oh, you know what? Sign uh, decoding isn't that big of an advantage. So why bother? Because they do it in high school football in a lot of the big states. But you know, these parts some universities just can't afford it. So we, we need to let Representative Skaggs yes. get going <laughs> since he is officially uh, on some of his own time, although when you're a lawmaker, you have none of your own time. <laughs> but I just want to bring us full circle on this. Do I think lawmakers should have worked up until last possible minute on some of this stuff? Absolutely. But for people who have taken this too far 
and who may have misinterpreted what I wrote, and perhaps it's because it was inartfully written, these 11 lawmakers are not the reason we have shitty disclosure laws. Now, maybe some of them are, but Phil Skaggs isn't. Kerry Reingans isn't. Jason Morgan isn't. Maybe some of the others aren't as well. This is the point. The people who pushed for this water down, they're the ones who are responsible. Harbaugh, not important for disclosure. Bit of a distraction, but the bottom line is, if you're thinking... If you're mad and you want to go after 11 people for our crappy disclosure laws, don't go to the signatories of the letter. If you're Spartans, you can go after them for whatever reason comes into your head. But otherwise, you know, keep up the good work. I'm hoping that you are going to continue this fight, and I trust you will, that we've heard some lawmakers say, just because we passed a crappy law doesn't mean we're done working on this issue. I think the truth is the people who voted for it are done working on this issue. But maybe some pains in the asses like you will keep him on it. And uh, and you can let this Harbaugh, he'll be fine. You don't, he doesn't need your help anymore. He'll be okay. <laughs> the team about, doesn't even need him. They did great. It's about those student athletes <laughs> who don't get paid. Yeah. Well, I um, I appreciate that, ML and Mark. Uh, I've enjoyed my time here. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll simply end with, yes, I will continue to work on this. I think that we've allowed the key moment to pass here because we had uh, a deadline that we needed to reach. And um, I think that this is, you know, if, if people were willing to take the political hit for uh, passing this sort of loophole-laden uh, workaround, then, um, then it's, it's unlikely that anything is going to change when we're past the deadline and the, and the political... Um, the political pain has been taken. Um, so that's unfortunate. I'll continue to work on other, um, uh, on other good government reforms and, and hope that at some point um, in the, in the medium future, uh, I'll be able to, to keep being reelected and uh, can come back at a, at a later date and work to improve these. I think one of the things that people are afraid of change. And uh, I think once they fill out these forms, maybe that they'll see that it's not the end of the world, that if other states and the federal government can do it, we can do it too. So hopefully there's an opportunity down the line. Um, that opportunity is not going to come in January. Um, and, uh, you know, full support for, uh, for all of our Big Ten uh, institutions. Go green, go white, go blue. There you go. Okay, Representative Phil Skaggs, thanks for joining us. And, you know, if we distill it down to some simple soundbite, I think I'd say, when you say you got nothing to hide and nothing to worry about, prove it by showing us what you got, and then we'll decide. And if it turns out you're wrong, there's lots of other good things you can do in life besides yeah. make 72 grand a year. I, I am fully financially disclosing on my website according to the laws that I wanted to see fit. So I'm going above and beyond what um, what the law will be if the governor does go ahead and sign this. Exactly. And I, I would encourage everyone to do that. Like, there's an opportunity to do more, um, and I hope that everyone will do so. Okay, Phil Skaggs, thanks. And we'll be following this story. You know, when people are fighting for open records, I'll be a part of that, doing what I can to help bring awareness and to support the people who are fighting for it. So I trust this will not be the last time that I write about what Phil Skaggs is up to. 
Unless he's going to try and bail out Saginaw Valley State or something, because I guess they're or or a Ferris State, right? Oh, smoking cigars in a locker room. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah we're serve- we're on the Tony Anise <laughs> issue, Phil. What happened? He has, he has to serve his penalty it, this weekend. Is, right? is there something going on between Grand Rapids and Big Rapids? Is there some rivalry we don't know? The old oaken uh, or the old wooden shoe? Is there some sort of uh, some sort of <laughs> trophy there we got to worry about? Uh, brown jugs out of brass spittoons who knows but uh but phil skaggs we uh we may be talking him again soon and we'll we'll be keeping an eye on him because he seems like a bit of a rascal there in lansing hopefully he doesn't pay the price for it so thank you appreciate you ml and mark thanks a lot for having me okay thanks take care bye-bye there's a lot of hard things in life and you got to be financially secure um in retirement right so it takes a lot of work to get there but to be financially secure in retirement, we recommend one Luke Nowacki. Give him a call at 248-663-4748 for a free consultation to tell you, hey, here's my money. This is what I want my goal to be. This is when I want to retire. How do I become secure? So give Luke Nowacki a call, 248-663-4748. Because when you call Luke, he'll make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Bonaic Well. Sync member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Bonaic Well. Sync is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names. Products or services referenced here are independent. Bonaic Well. Sync. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. I do that. What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning into cool guys? This week's geek is a bonus. It's Jimbo. Jimbo Fisher, who thought that he could build a championship team at Texas A&M by giving kids as much money as he possibly could, and just kind of forgot that while you can put the best players together, it helps them win if they have the best coach and not just the guy who has access to the most money. And then Jimbo Harbaugh, our friend and... Uh, oh, what a surprise. And, uh, and Martyr. He's the only living martyr that I can think of who is now confident that his team has become America's team. Because, you know what? In America, if you're caught cheating, what's more American than that? America loves a team that beats the odds, beats the adversity, overcomes what the naysayers, critics, and so-called experts think. Yep, That's my favorite kind of team, says Jim from his hotel room. I mean, look at, all, look at all that crap they went through last week. How could you not root for those kids? Uh, Is he still root, alive? Root for the kids, but when you're like, yeah, we did something wrong, cheer for us. No, America should not well, be those kids, cheering wait, for... Wait, those kids didn't do anything wrong. No, but it's the America's team is led by Jim Harbaugh. I mean, now, the original America's Jim team, Harbaugh. the Dallas Cowboys, they certainly never did anything wrong. Uh, have you read Michael Irvin's uh, biography? Uh, did he have a biography? Was it? Uh, well, Jeff Perlman wrote a great book. Uh, or did you read his police reports? Boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, so so Harbaugh being uh, weird because everything he does, right or wrong, is excused because he's weird. Says he's looking forward to going to court. He says, "I'm just looking forward to that opportunity. Due process. I'm not looking for special treatment. <clears throat> not looking for a way, popularity contest." <clears throat> just looking for the merit of what the case is. And here's the best part. Here's the best part. <laughs> he's not sure he'll be able to uh, testify before the judge, but he's eager to attend the proceedings in person. I've always felt that it would be cool to get up there and thunder away at a jury like Tom Cruise and a few good men mm-hmm. or be a judge. Alas, I did not go to law school. This will be the first time I've ever really been in this situation. Perhaps not the last time, but Jim, I know you didn't go to law school, but you don't get to 
address the judge. You're not the defense attorney. You don't get to speak to the jury. There will be maybe he'll no wrap jury. Him, maybe he'll wrap himself. So, so he is the I, plaintiff. I think that... Uh, well, By the I'm, way, he also uh, was like, watched a lot of uh, Judge Judy, love Judge Judy, and I'm sitting there going, boy, wouldn't that be great if he showed up with Judge Judy on Friday as his counsel? Is, um, I mean, that that's kind of the exclamation point this story deserves, would be Judge Judy walking in there on Friday uh, for no reason. Bum, 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 bum. He also told, when you talk about due process, Harbaugh goes, I learned, uh, I took a civics class uh, when I was a senior in high school. I was like, okay, where's this going? And that's when he started talking about due process. Yeah, I think uh, I think I took so civics my, my freshman year of high school. But, of course, I didn't play football, so maybe it took him a little while. Don't forget that great thing he said about chickens it. yesterday, too. Did you see what he said about chickens? No. He didn't never wanted quarterbacks to eat chicken because they're a nervous bird. If you've oh, yeah, that. yeah. But I mean, now, he said that a while ago, right? Yeah, but but he's recanted on that because he now owns a couple chickens, and they're very low-maintenance and high-production. <laughs> so weird. Oh, boy. Wouldn't it be nice if somebody at Michigan was low-maintenance? But uh, they are high-production. I'm low-maintenance. And this year, they didn't lay an egg, so I guess we'll have to... I'm low-maintenance and low-production. Uh... Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair mm-hmm. to say. I agree. But your productions are very high quality. So, yeah. Jimbo's, you, unless Sean wants to add something, three, no. two, our Geek of the Week. No. Well, we have to continue with Sean because I don't want to go right into the song because he's going to hate it. He looks very tired already. No, I know. He was very excited to dial into the show. and We thought, this is going to be just that charge of electricity that we need about halfway through. Phil Skaggs was great. Hopefully, some of the, uh, the inner workings of the legislature was not too uh, obscure for folks, but even if it was, we thought, you know what, Sean's dialing in. He's going to, this is going to be, you know, this is like a shot of espresso when you're feeling. <laughs> I wish we were little... on video because he yeah. looks so, you look so tired, Sean. Why are you so tired? Was that, is that Boz Skaggs' brother? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think <laughs> no. so. Uh, Boz Skaggs, been, by the way. We'll never be heard in room 7609. You weren't here. Don't rag on the show when you weren't even here or on it or listening. (laughs) I'm not ragging on the show. I love the show. Uh, Are you okay? I'm worried about you. I love the show. No, I'm tired. It's just, it's been a grind. I was at Penn State, Michigan one day and the Lions and Chargers the next. And that trip was uh, was something, you know, I was scraping off frost at four in the morning at a Pittsburgh uh, hotel parking lot near the airport and all of a sudden I'm in palm trees and sitting in traffic trying to get in. It was just uh, a little bit surreal, but it was, uh, it was fun though. And by the way, there were 20,000 more Lions fans out here. Yeah. It's so far on Sunday. I mean, that's not as shocking here in LA because they, the people don't really care about the chargers. And I don't know that they care much more about the Rams, but, but just another testament. I, mean, I flew, I was on a morning flight on Sunday and my plane was full of Lions fans. And that was on a Sunday. I was just, God, you guys are kind of taking a chance, you no? Know, trying to get to the game a couple hours before, yeah. but uh, yeah. But, but if you're did. if you're a Lions fan, I mean, this is I, I worked with a tremendous guy in Chicago who was a Packers fan, and he missed Green Bay the first time they went to the Super Bowl with Brett Favre, and he's like, "I'll just go next time." You know, it's not guaranteed. The Lions, I think, in the latest power rankings I saw, are considered the fourth or fifth best team. In the NFL, and if, if you are a Lions fan, obviously I am not, but if you are a Lions fan, how are you going to miss this opportunity to see your team do what you've been waiting your entire life to do? It makes sense to me. Yeah. 
This is like when your team goes to the Rose Bowl. You know, it's like, ah, last-minute tickets, that's a drag. Travel's going to be a hassle. Hotels are all booked up, but we got to go. You know, one of the differences this year is, and, and maybe, Sean, you've heard this too, um, we were talking about the game on Drew's show right afterwards. And, you know, great game, right? That was just a really fun game to watch. And the Lions, I mean, they're proving that they're really good. To go to the West Coast and play on the road and win in that fashion is really good. And people were bitching that they didn't win by enough or that they did this. It's like, oh, this team must be good because people are complaining about how we won. Have you have you experienced that, Sean? Uh, not, not too much yet. Okay. I mean, folks are frustrated. Folks were frustrated with the defense on Sunday a little bit, but uh, let me let me let me guys let me let me give you guys a I want your advice on something. Maybe you can help me out here. Yes, Grandpa. Solve, so, solve a little bit of a mystery. <laughs> yeah, uh, as as it were. So so last night, um, I don't even, I don't even know what day it is. What, what yesterday? I guess it was Monday, right? So we, last we do the night, show I, every I, Tuesday, I, by the way. Yeah, I, I wrote in the hotel. Uh, I filed and um, I went to meet. A friend last night who I've known for 30 some years, he's a musician, he's a Detroiter who's been out in LA, he's traveled all over the country. But anyway, he's been out here for a while in LA and we were, I'm, I'm kind of, I was looking for a project to do, not a project, but I'm writing a column about a couple places to come to now that USC and UCLA are in a big 10. And mm-hmm. uh, we may do something a little bit bigger with it down the road. But right now I just want to do something and do a couple of day project with a free and I was trying to get downtown to a place called Philippe's, the home of the French dip. They invented the beef dip. It's an old school L.A. You go into this place, you think of Elmore Leonard or L.A. Confidential or whatever. It's a, it's old. It's a building from the 1920s probably, and it's it's great. And the food is really good. The problem is from where I was to there was an hour and a half at least because there was a Ugh. fire under a yeah. freeway out oh, here. Oh yeah, I-10, big big story. Yeah, arson. Under right, right. So. My friend was a long way away. Anyway, so we're t- talking about some other places to go. We've come up with a with a, a double, a two for one. It's a, a place called the Venezuela, which has been there since the forties. It's a seafood shack right on a pier, and on one side of the street's Venice, the other side of the street's Marina del Marina del Rey. It's kind of a down low place. Across the street is this great old bar called Hermanos. And they have an $8 cheeseburger, which is kind of crazy to get a cheeseburger that cheap in L.A., unless you're at McDonald's or whatever. It's crazy and to get that cheap here now. It's a crazy setup. So <laughs> we go to both, and uh, I think, oh, this is great. This is great for the column. The Michigan, Michigan State people are going to love this, et cetera, et cetera. My rental car, I park a couple of blocks away. It's borderline in a legal spot. It's enough. It's late, whatever. But there are lots of homeless folks everywhere, and there are people oh, yeah. playing chess on the sidewalks with no shirts. You you understand the scene, right? It's a surfer mix, homeless mix, and then not really many tourists. It's mostly locals in this area, but it's kind of cool. Anyway, uh, my buddy has a couple of too many beers, and I said, "All right, I'll drop you back off." He lived twenty minutes away. We get in the we get in the car, take him home. I get back to the hotel. I get out to get my my sweatshirt in the back because it cools off out here. And there's a jacket in the back seat. It's oh. not mine. It's not his. So it's from the, what, you think someone went in there or so was it from the rental company? Did somebody break into my car? And leave a jacket? Do it? Did, somebody, did somebody do a deal in the car? Did somebody have a little action in the car? <laughs> was, the, the was the Black Dahlia murderer I, I in the car? I wouldn't and touch that jacket, did, I'll tell you that much. I didn't want to, I didn't want to touch it. And then I was like, is it, and then you're p- total paranoia because you watch too much British TV kicks in. You're like, is it bugged? Is there some kind of thing that is going to... Wait, what are you hiding that you're worried about your car being bugged? <laughs> no, no, not that. 
that not not you go to bugged. Tijuana. No, bugs is the wrong way to put it. Uh, uh, is, there, is there a tracker in yeah. it or whatever? They 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 think that somebody's gonna fuss so you can. I'm like, I've, have y'all have y'all ever experienced anything like that? God, there was no. no damage to the no damage to the car. Are you 100 percent certain that jacket wasn't in the car before? It was not in the car when I rented it. Maybe it somebody left it behind because they couldn't wait for the end of your story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry. So I'd rather do without the jacket. Then uh, and then go through this meandering travel log that may or may not end with a French dip. <laughs> did you leave? Did you? But, I'm so I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of invested now. Did you? Um, was there identification I, in it? Did you leave the car no, unlocked? I checked. Was, was it Divine was Browns? No, there's nothing. So somebody, that's somebody what Hugh Grant said. Into your car and leaves a jacket. That's uh, that's a very you odd didn't, feeling. You didn't no, valet it like sorry, uh, like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mark, I, as you know, Mike. Apparently, 45 minutes of Mike talking wasn't enough before I joined. So he's a little, he gets a little antsy when, you know what I mean? But usually my stories voice. don't involve okay. random clothing. Well, no, wait a sec. Was the car left unlocked? I don't think so, but it is possible because it's a fob. It's, I, I remember, I remember hitting the fob. What if I hit the Rob Fob button? I mean, the unlock is it because it's not a familiar fob. But right? there was it's nothing, a, nobody breaks into a car to leave things. That's bizarre. Yeah. Uh, maybe anyway. someone was turning a trick in the back of your rental car. That's what my that's what my buddy thought. I'm kind of with. I kind of kind of. That's why I wouldn't have touched the jacket. What did you do with no, the jacket? No. <laughs> Somebody turned a trick in my car. I just wanted to say it was Mike. <laughs> I I, I got to tell you, that's the only conclusion I can think of. Is that someone's yes. like, hey, "There's a car. It's unlocked. Let's do it in there." What'd you yeah, do with the jacket? So, I uh, threw it away. What, why didn't you give it to I, one of the shirtless chess players? Because I didn't realize it until I got back to the the hotel parking lot in the parking oh. deck, and I didn't know. And it, I didn't. You can't really take it to Lost and Found at the hotel. That'd be disingenuous. I mean, you know, Mike might do that, but yeah. Did you try it on? Yeah, it's just what size is this jacket? It was yep. a little small. It was it was a leather green leather jacket with kind of a black silky lining. It was uh, you know. Well, oh, like this, like something a a pimp would wear. <laughs> yeah. is, it, is it possible Sean was? Without Never his knowledge, initiated into a gang, and he's just throwing out black, his colors. Did you black out at all? Just, no, no. I just it all was right. really. When you got back in the car, a, did the was there a scent? A different? Did the car smell different? No, I, I smelled the jacket. I did. I was curious. Oh, like, gross! No, I mean, I wonder. I wonder. I was just looking for any kind of clue, any kind of something, any kind of life. Did you smell it? Did you check no bloodhound? What are you smelling? I did, I did. It? I didn't bury my nose in the fabric. <laughs> I just got, I held it somewhat close, you know. <laughs> Did you check to see if there's a laundry tag that said Belvin on it? <laughs> <laughs> he may be on uh, your tail. That is so weird. He was oh, out there Belvin. flying a F-16s, um, you know, just to stay sharp. I would start collecting... Um, I don't know. Uh, Somebody, turned CCTV. Somebody turned a trick. I, I think so. I really think so. Yeah. Oh. That was my buddy's first thought. Just because of the neighborhood we were in. And, 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 <laughs> well, yeah. you, said, you said he was a local, right? So he would know. Could you get yeah, a. Well, he, yeah, he's. I mean, uh, the area. Yeah. It's, Is there funny, a, it's funny how that, that part of the city, it's a mix of some of that kind of stuff. And, and, and then there's celebrities that live kind of in among, you know, it's because it's in Venice. It's, yeah. it's just a. It's by the beach. It's right? an issue. It's. It's yeah, it's an interesting part of the city. But anyway, and I'm going to tell our for free press readers, yeah, come on out here and step over the <laughs> folks sleeping on the sidewalks and grab a burger. 
Oh, yeah, no, God. it's uh, what was the name? What was the name of the, the place that you ate there? I just want to Google it. The Venice of uh, the Venice Whaler. Okay. It's just, actually in Marina del Rey, which is weird, but I, across the street's Venice. I just want to see what this area looks like. So Venice Whaler, not like someone from Venezuela, the Venice no, neighborhood no, no. Whaler, like no, the people been, who don't I mean, I seek Philippe's was where, where I wanted to go, but you know, you got, you got a fire under a bridge and yeah. Well, somebody lit a fire under you. It's a uh, story. Finally, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we went on that adventure. Going, yeah, it was ridiculous. Well, no, you wanted you wanted a little silliness, and this is what we got. Now, yeah, now we're good. That's our show's now motto: can, long stories told to longly. The, now we can get to the music, which everybody's been waiting for with uh, bated breath. Well, I was going to have haircut 100 favorite sweaters, but since we've already covered our uh, our vestments part of the show, we'll have to go with something else. What'd you find, Mark? What'd you find? Did you well, here see we go. some photos? Here we go. Uh, well, no, I was looking in the neighborhood because I was trying to figure out where exactly uh, you would have parked, but it's just too hard. We'll have to we'll have to do it another time to figure out exactly that area where you parked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We looks like a really looks like a really rich area, actually. The I mean, right well, there. the homes will be. It's what's interesting. You know, the homes are. I'm sure those are two, three million dollar places. Whatever, at least most of them, especially the ones in the water. But then you get the mix of people that. Yeah, the whole I mean, I was, yeah the, at one point, the, unhoused. the Venezuelan is yeah. a two-story. It's kind of an older bar area up top, and there's a patio with a glass enclosure, not all the way up the top, and because uh, it's heated because it cools off in the, at this time of the year in the water. So you're eating your dinner, and you look down, and there are people sleeping on the sidewalks, and I didn't realize that until I got there. I'm like, w- w- what are we doing? Yeah, now, anyway, now, that poor, now that poor guy got really cold as it got darker. That's it, he left that's his jacket after yeah, turning a trick in your car. That's a different story. But how many times you've been in a restaurant eating something and literally looked out the window and, and right, just the divide. Anyway, that's a different story in a different podcast. Yeah, and since you're the other one who's like, we got to shorten the podcast, uh, we'll just <laughs> we'll just stick with that that 20 minutes. Well, we, uh, could be, we could thank the listeners right now and uh, have a little feedback and be done. Who's but, left oh, after no. that story? Oh, thank yeah, the well, listener. Well, no. That's a singular. Well, if anybody's left, I'm open for any kind of speculation as to this fucking jacket. I don't know why it's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, maybe it was Phil, Phil Collins, right? No jacket required. Maybe he just, he's like, I'll just leave it out here and go into the Venice whaler. <laughs> did you hear a lot of drums when you were there? Was it, no. did you, did you fail to save oh, a drowning God. man while you were there? Oh, I, mean, I don't know. I don't, I just, yeah. Anyway, did you try it out? Right. What's, did what's you try, that? did you try in the jacket after you smelled it? Yeah. No, I did not try oh. on the jacket. I, 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 I was holding it with my, my thumb and my forefinger. Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> this is a tiny jacket. Yeah, yeah, f- yeah. fleshy tongs, yeah. And in your head, you're thinking, This jacket is awesome. Ooh, and it's tighter than dick skin. <laughs> I think you probably would have relatively tight if it's a small. I didn't hear, I didn't hear that, but That's I'm crazy. assuming that was, uh, it was highbrow. <laughs> no, no, you'll appreciate it when you listen back to the episode, which I know you do every week for the purposes of uh, getting mad for self improvement. I think a lot about how to try to get better. I just not talented enough. All right, well now you get to sit through the song. Yes. <laughs> well, uh... see you again. Do you know what the walk up is on it? Do you know what the walk up? No. no, I don't. <laughs> Time. 
Welcome to Room 7609, where some of us celebrate new wave music, some tolerate it, and some just complain about it endlessly. But anyways, we're all together, and that's that's what's important. No jacket required. Come as you are, unless you're wearing one of those sweet ML Soul Detroit hoodies, in which case you get a table up front for that $8 burger or maybe some sort of what is it, 90-year-old French dip. Sounds delicious. But listener Brian somehow knew that Sean was going to take us to LA because he contacts us and says, I don't know what theme this would fit, but it's a go-go song that I think is underrated, not terribly well known by the average bear. It's my wife's favorite. It's called automatic. And of course the go-go's the most successful female rock band of all times got their start in LA. So Sean from Detroit to LA, here's the go-go's. That is what Room 7609 is all about. Taking new wave artists who you think you know and introducing you to something in their catalog that you can't believe they produced. And that is hopefully 
pleasing to the ear, but yeah, it's if, not a go-go song, man. Yeah, no, I mean, at least not the hits that you think of. Yeah, you're thinking we got the beat, our lips are sealed. Yep. One vacation. of the the yep. go-go vacation, of course. Yeah, huge and great video too. But one of the uh, one of the the music, one of the tunes we played, Room Seven Six Zero Nine from the Go-Go's was "This Town," which is or, or is it our town? I can't remember. Sorry, I'm I'm still trying to figure out what happened with, with that, that jacket. jacket. <laughs> but um, but you know, very upbeat, very very uh, poppy, very um, you know, very melodic. This was, this was. I wouldn't say dirge like, but I mean, it's kind of haunting. Were you haunted by it? Haunting is uh is a good one. Oh, that reminds me of a great sound line from uh, True Romance. Are you haunted? You want to get unhaunted? Remember when uh, when Clarence is talking to Elvis in the bathroom oh, and he yeah, tells yeah. him to go kill uh, Drexel? Yeah. So, El- do you know who Elvis was in that? It was um, uh, oh my God, his name Val Kilmer, right? Yeah, Val yeah. Kilmer, who wanted to be either Clarence or Drexel, and Tony Scott said, "No, I'm going to make you Elvis." And this is a reason, if you don't like Val Kilmer, to like Val Kilmer, because at that time, huge star, incredibly good-looking guy, very charismatic. And he, his face doesn't appear on screen. It's just yeah. from the neck down, it's his torso wearing that gold lame jacket doing an Elvis impersonation for um, for Christian Slater. That's great, man. There's a great documentary. Every in the world gets have, shot. Have you seen the documentary on Val Kilmer? Uh, I think it's on Amazon Prime or it was. Yes, because he took he a lot of his everything. own videos. Yeah. No, I've heard about it. It sounds like it's definitely worth it. I thought it was really good with a huge asterisk and the asterisk being that, you know, he was not the nicest guy in Hollywood. He was kind of a dick to a lot of people. And so oh, really? none, none of that is in the documentary. Oh. But, um, but, I mean, fascinating career. And then when he gets ill and he doesn't care for Western medicine and that's why he got work. I mean, it's just... It's a wild story. I kind of liked them until I remembered, oh, what about all that other stuff that was left out? But, you know, that's documentaries nowadays. You got you to gotta figure out who is funding it and who is making it to find out how biased it is or isn't. Well, it's funny that you say that because we shot a lot of video during my city council campaign, and there were two reasons. One is we thought we might use it, you know, for future purposes. Hey, here sure. we are doing stuff. Here's something about this. Maybe it would be useful for it. And some of it we used during the campaign to promote our issues and the candidacy, but we thought going forward, hey, maybe this is something we could use. But in the back of my mind, I was like, well, if I lose, I am a journalist and I'd like to document this trail and I'd like to show people what it's like to be a candidate in a way that nobody else has done that. And I was, you know, the video that you would see if we had went forward with it is the kind of thing that most candidates would not record or share. And I thought, well, let me be a candidate who's going to give you the no holds barred version. So afterwards, I was talking to Mark Kurlanchik, who folks yeah. have heard on this show, documentary filmmaker, did Cold Kitchen. Um, the prisons. And, yeah, the prison. Prison um, kitchens. Kitchen yeah. in, um, in Michigan. And he's like, no one will touch it. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, no serious documentarian will touch this because all the video is shot by you. It's all controlled by uh. you. It's And they'll look at it and they'll just say, there's no way that this is going to be um, this is going to be undoctored or, you know, it's going to be somehow curated, I guess is the, is the buzzword now, which of course it wasn't, but they're like, yeah, we're not going to take material from the subject and then make a documentary based on. Nowadays though, it happens all the time. Yeah. No, I, not so much for Curly and Chick. Particularly with, um, like celebrities, you know, or musicians when they do a a documentary on themselves. But they can get away with it because people are so, they're so desperate for more information on that person that whatever you offer them, if it's a crust of the whole loaf, 
They're going to eat it ravenously. Some nobody ever knew this guy, loser candidate. No one's going to say, oh, yeah, give me all the ML Elric footage yeah. I can I can get. So, so that went nowhere. But Speaking uh, of captivating video, we're now looking at Sean's Zoom, and he's, uh, what do we see here? The roof of his hotel? Yeah. I saw his head pop in for a second. Some fine yeah, no, that's, art. That's, that's oh, there the he is. Roof. That's the roof. No, I've been the ceiling, I'm I couldn't sorry. hear this. I couldn't hear the song, which is probably just as well. He's, oh, he's it. it actually, no it, it had no a uh, suggestion. It had a very Sean-like vibe. I would say it. Had, yeah, you would have hated it though. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> no, I wouldn't have. You hate everything. Yeah, he's. Yeah. Ah, <sighs> I love I love you guys. Well, there we go. Um, I think I think. <laughs> Sean is on the he's on the ground wrestling to get into that extra small <laughs> jacket. leather jacket with the <laughs> satin lining. Or he's rolling around with it and sniffing it still. Does it no, say I'm does just, it say T Birds on the I'm back of it? Is this just, is this I'm Rizzo's jacket? <laughs> pink ladies. <laughs> the pink ladies. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Well, there is, those are the two, right? Yeah. It's the green the green uh, llamas or something. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm sorry for bringing in a uh, silly random. You know, someone. No, I thought story. it was funny. Um, any- no, no, it was. It was. Uh, it was the most enjoyable half hour of my life that I've had in a long time. Any any uh, takeaway? Because you gave us takeaways from um, Los Angeles and the Lions and the Chargers. What about Happy Valley, Michigan, Penn State? Anything we didn't see on TV or that we've read? Like, what was your take? I've never been there. I've always wanted to see a game there at Beaver Where, Stadium. At, at, at Beaver Stadium. Yeah. Uh huh. Which, by the way, um, did you know why it's called Beaver Stadium? I looked it up this weekend because I had no idea. Anybody? I can't remember. It's named after some governor that no one knows or cares about from the 1800s, whose last name was Beaver. So it's not as fun as the stories I was hoping it to be. Damn. Oh, listen to you. Listen to you. Um, it's a beautiful area. I'll say that. That's nice. Very hard to you know get to I mean? from what I'm, I've am i It's not told. easy to get to. I flew to Pittsburgh and drove to State College from there, and there's no highway that goes, right? So you kind of... On uh, well, there's some split highway, but you go through towns and so forth. It's it's a really, hmm. it's it's really peaceful and kind of quiet, and it's rolling, and there's farmland around. You know, it's an ag school, Penn State. When you walk out of the stadium, you smell you smell uh, horse shit and cow shit. So that's um, that's nice. Was Jim yeah. Harbaugh there? Har har. Was that where the bullshit har, smell har, emanated yeah. from? No, it's a, it's a great scene. It's, it's one of my favorite stadiums that I've been to. It's it's a great scene. It's a great crowd. Is it? Uh, those is people it loud? Sort of accept that their coach is their coach. I don't think they really thought they were going to win the game. You know? Oh, really? Yeah, hmm. but it's an enthusiastic crowd. I mean, it's a. I don't know. It reminds me of Indiana basketball fans a little bit. They they love it. They're passionate. They know that their days are their best days. Their glory days are probably behind them. Although, who knows? Well, yeah. that's the thing about Penn State, though. I mean, they're a very good program. They have a lot of good, a uh, lot of money behind them, a lot of great players, but they just can't beat two teams. No, I what I like they about lose to the it Spartans a lot too, especially when they shouldn't, which is a sign of trouble in your program. It is what, what I like about the area too is it's it's it doesn't feel like the Midwest because it's rolly for one, but. And it's not quite the East Coast, but it sort of has got the East Coast. And it's a very working class. Like sometimes I stay in Harrisburg, which is an hour and a half east of State College. It's closer to, you know, getting over to Philadelphia. But it's, it's um, you know, the little little towns in these uh, rolling hills with little tiny diners. It's a big diner. That's it's like cool. New Jersey is the diner state. It's spilled over into Pennsylvania, right? And um, 
Yeah, I, I just liked I liked that scene. I ate at a place called Pamela's Diner, which I had the best hash browns I've ever had in my life. I had no idea. I was just, oh my god. Did you get any random? Did you get any random clothing? No, no clothing there. No, that's more the that's, that's more weird. the LA scene. Oh. But I was in state. I went to state college to work on some more food stuff. All the Michigan stuff broke, so that's all I did for two days was work on this. Yeah, that uh, that other project. Yeah. Reading through, I tried to pretend I was Mike and channel my inner Elric and go through that 13-page brief that the Big Ten sent when they to Ward Manuel, the Michigan athletic director, when they suspended Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. But it read like it read like a legal brief, right? Mostly. Yeah. Well, I so, read it. <laughs> I read and, every uh, word of it. Yeah, you gotta you gotta wade through all that kind of stuff. That's Mike's purview, though. He's he's gifted with that kind of thing. I'm not. Well, thank you. Uh, if anybody was wondering what Andrew Bourdain would be like if he wasn't interesting, uh, we bring that uh, travel log uh, and cafeteria um, uh, tour to us. No, uh, Sean, we miss you. We we yeah. kid because you we know, love you. You eat dinosaur chicken nuggets. I wouldn't expect you to be interested in anything. You know what I mean? It's okay. Do you have any? No, unfortunately, okay. I don't. Right. Sean, Sean, what did you think of the the penalty, the three game penalty for um, Connor Stallions uh, scouting in thanks the season? For, thanks for uh, thanks for reading my column. Uh, um, not every uh, I, I did, but not everybody listening did. I think uh, Michigan was lucky to a degree. I mean, they cheated. They're not denying it. You know. Okay. Well, you're it's wrong. Funny. I had a. I, I feel like they're kind of lucky that that's that's the penalty. That's it's not that stiff. He's with the team for six days. He's not. He can't be with the team for four hours. I don't think that's an appropriate out, penalty. Out of the whole, you're right. It probably should have been stiffer. I mean, well, okay. If you believe this is the problem with it, if you believe everything in that Big Ten letter, I don't know how they are ever allowed to play football again. I mean, they're putting people's house safety in in danger, and that that it's that so was fucking a, over the top. I mean, the, I, that part I didn't quite understand. I understand that in theory, if. They really did know everything that was coming for two and a half straight years. It, it, if you can get to a spot before somebody else and you know what's coming, maybe I could sort of see that theoretically. But I don't. No. I don't. I don't no. know why they did that. No, it's just, we talked about this last week or the week before, or whatever. It just it goes against uh, the essence. It's funny. I had a really good friend of mine in Texas text me the other day during the Penn State game at the end of the Penn State or toward. The, he said, "I want you to ask." Uh, he didn't realize Harbaugh wasn't going to be there. You know, because this is how people are outside of our area think about it. Sure. They just see Michigan cheating. Mm-hmm. He said, do you think Jim Harbaugh, he said, is about our age. Do you think he got it from the Brady Bunch in the episode where Greg stole the playbook from Marsha when they were trying to do this coaching backyard football? <laughs> and uh, he said, I'll pay you a thousand dollars to ask Jim Harbaugh <laughs> <laughs> if he got the idea of stealing the playbook from the Brady Bunch. No, seriously, though, this is how it's viewed outside of right. Well, I think it's also viewed that uh, Harbaugh knew and, and that hasn't been proven yet. It might be proven. No, that, I- that's that's true. And, th- and that's not fair. Paul Feinbaum is talking uh yeah, in the last couple of days, and people can say, "Oh, he's got an agenda against Michigan." But Paul, you know, look, it's easy for folks that love the school around here, and my, Michael attested this to to downplay it and so forth. I think the punishment was just about right. He gets to coach the team. He can't be on the sideline for four hours for three weeks. They're not losing any postseason stuff. None of that, right? So, well, who in the world thought Jim Harbaugh would be replaced as head coach and they would run the ball more? 
You know, I mean, that's his thing. Well, that, was, is, that was just a great in-game I mean, adjustment, man. Yeah. I, it was. Well, I'm sure they talked about that during the week, right? If it, if they couldn't give uh, McCarthy, J.J. McCarthy time to throw, they were going to do that. So which that's was the, the big thing. Fear, Harbaugh's yeah. involved in all this. In Sharon Moore, who I think is an interesting guy and a, and a promising coach, he didn't pull that out of nowhere. That's, no. Mm-mm. That's come from Harbaugh. That's my point about how serious is this uh, penalty. It's not. People were saying, I heard people saying, oh, fine him, fine him. Well, yeah. That that seemed to be more appropriate. I don't know for the advantage that in 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 season scouting gives you. Yeah, I don't worry. I don't think about the advantage so much as two and a half years of running around the rules. I mean, they suspended their own coach for I would argue less. Oh, I see. But we've had that. We had that argument last week. I think breaking the calendar is so clear cut. You know. I think that one's yeah, worse. So is, so is in-person I think, scouting. I think that gives you a bigger advantage than in-person scout, in-season scouting, in-person. Breaking the calendar and uh, recruiting violations. I don't know. I, I mean, spending, you know, having a coach watch a workout and that kind of thing. I mean, I, you know, I understand why, yeah, they, don't, out, why out, they have those rules. Outside the calendar, yeah. I think that's a bigger violation, a bigger advantage than... You know, I just in, don't think, in, but, the, but that's scouting. not the game. That's not the game itself. That's not, and that's why that's why it's a national story. We've talked about this. My my friends in Texas or wherever around this country, they don't know anything about a cheeseburger or a hamburger. Yeah, but they know every, but they know a lot about this. And yeah. it's just it's because it goes to the spirit. It, it's a it's hard to. Thanks a lot, Connor things. Stallions. Yeah, no, for sure, no, no question. It's no question. It's not. What he did has caused some damage to yeah. the reputation of an a, a amazing institution. Well, I mean, Har- Harbaugh in particular. I mean, the institution right, is the institution that'll that'll survive, but everyone's going to just focus on Harbaugh because of the penalty too. That's the, that's yeah. the one thing that drives me nuts. People think that Harbaugh knew when there's and, and maybe that'll be proven so, but right as of now, it, there's no evidence. The NCAA and the Big Ten said that. But the other thing that drives me nuts is people think that Michigan fans are like, we didn't do anything wrong. When a lot of us are like, yeah, we did. I mean, we broke a rule, stupid rule, still the rule, and the penalty should fit accordingly. And I think a lot of us don't believe that it was. This is what's so outrageous to people. And, and frankly, oh, here we I, go. I don't think we're going to get to the bottom of it because I think this case, like a lot of criminal cases, I'm not saying that crime was committed here, but there's going to be a settlement. There's going to be an agreement, and we'll never get to the bottom of it because somebody's going to say, we're willing to take this, and they're like, great, we're going to move on because people well, generally don't want to go the whole nine yards and find out who did what. They just want it to be over. They want to feel no, like somebody no, 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 got punished no. and we're done with this. Not with the NCAA, no. They will do their full, stupid, long investigation like okay. they always do. They always do. Well, hopefully, well, then, you know that's what? That's why it takes them That's so why Michigan long. wants the investigation, because they want it to be like Bill Self in Kansas. We'll investigate for five years. We'll find out everybody broke the rules, and there'll be no consequences whatsoever. Be that as it may. That, that could be. But here's here's the bigger issue, and I don't know if you noticed this or not, Mark, but Mike and his little uh, t- curly cue hair that comes out of his forehead, I, I, from my view today, it is perfectly split down the middle. On his left side, it is silvery gray. On his right side, it is uh, brown. It's a Cruella Deville mixture. Or who's the who's the Two Face character in Batman? Not that my Two Face. His name is Two Face. Yeah, I think it's Harvey Dent. He saw justice as well. That's, that's right. I, I don't know if that's accidental or intentional, but it is fabulous. That's absolutely fabulous. Sean, very stylish. I, I just have one request: bring back my jacket. <laughs> 
<laughs> I hope you didn't throw it out in a garbage can at a rental car facility. Here's here's he what would, drives, he would have recognized that scent. Here's what drives me crazy. It, it's got a certain musk. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, sex of, panther of, te- of tears. But uh, here's here's what drives me crazy about the Michigan fans. Yes, we did something wrong. We admit it. Somebody cheated. Don't do anything to us. No, that's that's not. <laughs> I literally just said that the penalty doesn't fit the the violation. What's the violation in you guys should in be, season scouting should get a nasty gram or maybe somebody should uh, I don't know what uh, make you wear scarlet once or something a how fine? about a scarlet and gray letter how about if you have to wear a scarlet and gray letter I would go for that sure I put the coach in this team is good enough they don't you know this is the other shame of it and this is this is where people should really be mad at Harbaugh this team didn't need any of this shit this team is strong are they going to be the strongest in the country I don't know but. For their talent to be somehow diluted or to be questioned because of this, these shenanigans is a real disservice to the players. It's just a shame because they don't need yeah, to, uh, I think, I think to wear peop- lifts I think like people Ron think it is a, a much bigger advantage than what it really is. When the advantage really comes to having better players and having a better game plan through uh, watching tendencies of the other team. I'm well, then still, shame on them because they, they I mean, sought the they advantage. Are a, they're a well-coached team. I, I think this past week is probably the most penalties I've ever seen them commit this year. Probably by, if you combine them all together, they just don't commit penalties. They block really well and they tackle really well. But people don't care about that. People well, will just see, hey, they cheated. That's why they're so good. They also had the most penalties because they played the best team they've played. So we'll see more about them. Well, uh, I, th- I think the noise at Beaver Stadium had something to do with it. Well, there's going to be noise. Well, not at Maryland. <laughs> if there's no. a, a lacrosse no, game, I, there'd be noise at Maryland. And, and I think that's, I mean, I think that's partially where a head coach comes in. And, and you know, they had to call timeouts because, um, look, things aren't as streamlined when you take a cog out of the machine, right? And he is, he's out of there. So a bunch of those timeouts happen because the clock, the play clock's winding down. But that's the last time they're going to face a loud crowd because they're going to sure. play Ohio State well, in Ann Arbor, and the Big Ten Championship will be neutral site, but it'll be more Michigan fans than anybody else. And then Iowa. the National Championship yeah. will be... Yeah, that's fair. You yeah. know, there'll be some place well, where it's probably evenly split. Or there'll be some neutrals in there because they just want to go see one of the semifinal games. But, uh, but anyways, that's Room 7609, believe it or not, where we delve into new wave music. And thank you to Brian for bringing out one of the classic new wave acts of all time. And uh, and as you may have heard a couple weeks ago, I wrongly attributed Jane Wheedlin to uh, another band. She was actually in the Go-Go's. And of course, she did a, a solo gig or a, a duet with Sparks, which was one of the favorite bands of Morrissey, which I've kind of said before so any chance i get to slip morrissey's morrissey conversation guy, yeah. Uh, he was a guy playing some of that music that you've been listening to in the killer yeah i know a uh, great uh, great movie on oh look at sean finally some i can't hear sean is showing us the beautiful los angeles international airport is that what we're looking at is that where you're staying and the, yeah and then up there's uh a kind trail from some sort of venice like and over there's century city and I mean, my first reaction was ooh because of the sun and look how clear it is and nice and then i saw the airports like, yeah well you can cute. tell it I, it I i love sands airport i love watching the planes i'm gonna i'm just a plane guy that it's like way jambi just came out of the show should have been recorded it's the shots of sean yeah well i'll tell you i'll tell you we got to get this patreon going because the, <laughs> the video you folks are missing is worth five dollars a month no question what's 
whatsoever. It's like I want to strap a GoPro onto Sean and follow him around like he's a dog. Oh, God. You find a lot of vintage clothing laying in uh, abandoned vehicles. But before we, before, we, before we get to our Patreon scheme, I guess I'm going to call it, let's, fo- let's thank the folks who are funding this show now out of the goodness of their own heart for what everybody else is getting for free. Lilia sent us a most lavish donation for which we are grateful. And this note... Have been listening a while. Your show is my accompaniment to lawn yard work in the hinterlands north of Ann Arbor. I'm not a sports or new wave fan, so not sure why I listen. How <laughs> appropriate sorry. for her to say that. I guess it's like not being able to look away from an accident. <laughs> <laughs> I guess thanks for the money. I did graduate from WSU during the Tartar days, so I like... And then it kind of cuts off, but... Uh, but so yeah, so it's. Uh, I think there must be a there must be a a letter limit when you make a donation uh, through uh, when you make a donation through. Uh, she's not. She's not sure why she listens. That's interesting. Oh no! Sorry, sorry, sorry. I did graduate from WSU during the Tartar days, so I like your show because of the Detroit, the the, the Detroit and local connection. I was glad to hear you talk about more Detroit-based music on the show. Less new wave would be an improvement. Mm. My suggestion. Robert Bradley's Blackwater Surprise. I think Sean would go for that, too. So we're going to ask Sean oh, to yeah. find his favorite Robert Bradley's Blackwater Surprise tune to play in a future episode. It's not going to get that done. Of, I know. That's why I gave it to Sean. It's sort of, a, it's, it's sort of like uh, Michigan saying, we won't cheat anymore. Yeah, right. So um, thank you. Thank you, Lilia, for your generous donation. And uh, we have a little bit of feedback before we go. Um, basically, these are people who have rated us. Um, and we encourage you oh, great. to rate the show. Oh, you're going to love these, Mark. Uh, we, we each take a turn in the pickle barrel. Um, here's a review from, uh, oh, about a month ago. Uh, <laughs> and, and honestly, do do rate and review. It, it helps us. Yeah, so we we have over 600. I, mean, I would prefer they are like four and five stars and then you rip us apart yeah, <laughs> in the be, comments. But. Be ironic. Juxtaposition is beautiful. But uh, this is uh, a review, I think, from when I was tearing up the lions. This is from Goodrich Martian. So this is a long-distance dedication who said zero stars. ML is a wet blanket. Now, we have over 600 <laughs> ratings. We average almost five stars per rating, so that's great. But the headline is ML is a wet blanket, and it gets worse from there. Get rid of ML and rename the show Mark and Sean would be better without the wet blanket. So, uh, Just a wet blanket when it comes to the Lions. So, um, so, so um, Mark and Sean in the ascendancy. But it looks like Sean may be the last man standing because this week we Uh-oh. received a review from Baghdaddy who says... Oh, yeah, he doesn't like it. He reviews Drew's show, too, and hates it. So. One star for Mark. Mark is the worst podcaster on the planet. He vaccinated his kids and voted Biden. What a loser. Well, okay. <laughs> we're not going to get into politics, but I'll just tell you, I've had the most recent booster, and... I, I, you know, I don't know if this is like a side effect of the COVID vaccine uh, vaccinations. I have had every one of the boosters. I used to get upper respiratory infections a couple times a year. I'd get bronchitis. I'd always suffer through this. And I have not scaled back my engagements with the public one bit. And I have not had one of them 
since I started getting these COVID boosters. So I don't know if that's because they work for that kind of shit. I'm just telling you, I've been getting them all, and I feel as healthy as I've ever felt. Whatever. My kids had the shot. They had no reaction to it, and they've never gotten COVID. So So, whatever. Um, But... uh, but I agree. We should just turn the whole show over to Sean. Uh, we're going to call it Lost and Found, <laughs> and uh, it'll be all Robert uh, Robert Bradley's Blackwater Surprise. So tune in next week to ML Sold Detroit for that. Please support our sponsor. If you contact Luke Nowacki, please let him know where you heard about the show. If you'd like to donate, go to our website, mlsoldetroit.com. You'll see a link there, so you can donate via PayPal or Venmo. It all goes to us, which we appreciate. And uh, and rate us, even if you hate us. To find out what's coming up next week, follow me on Twitter at Elric. You can find out more about the show on Facebook at ML Elric. And, of course, read the free press where you'll see Sean and occasionally my musings. Um, and you can hear Mark almost every day of the week mm-hmm. on the Drew and Mike Everywhere. podcast. And, of course, he's also on the Charlie Duff No BS News Hour. So... Thanks for listening. We look forward to meeting with you again next week. And until then, we turn to our friend Cyrus to pick up his damn jacket and take (laughs) us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Santa Ono proudly presents. What is bringing him in? He's got a family out there. I heard him. The most unexpected friendship of the year. I gotta look out for him. And I gotta do what's best for him. Understand? If we don't get Woody into water soon, he's gonna die. Nobody steals signs. We gotta hurry! He's not doing so good! Go on, now we'll get away! Go! Jimmy! The greatest adventure of the fall. Free Jimmy.